You're listening to season three of On Our Best Behavior. This is Kelly, and I just wanted to thank you for your continued support. You can also support us by going to the link in any of our bios and subscribing to our link tree. You can also purchase an On Our Best Behavior sticker for $5. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to On Our Best Behavior. I'm Mac and you're here with Kelly. Mac and Kelly. I kind of messed it up, my bad, <laughs> you I forgot. You did so good in the practice. I just said, whatever. Your voice, like, did you, I know that you're way too young to know this, but if you grew up here in Minnesota and you listened to like, I can't even remember what the name of the station was, but her name was Delilah and she had such a like chill voice and, it, and you're, when you're like... Welcome back to On Our Best Behavior. Kind of has like that soothing Delilah vibe. If you know, eh. you know. What up, Mac Dog? What's oh, new? Um, I had three appointments today. <laughs> you did. <sighs> it was a busy day. It was a busy day. We even said like today was busier than if I was at work and you were at school. Like we did more. Yeah, it was way busier. And yeah. we didn't get paid for it. If anything, it cost us money. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. I lied. So you got some sealants put in your teeth. Yep. And then we went and saw our favorite doctor, Dr. Pastrolo, mm-hmm. for your 15-year well child check. And me and Dr. Pastrolo were both like, how are you 15 and how are we that old? I know, right? We don't care that you're 15. We care that we're old. And when I say we, I mean me. Because Pastrolo is younger than I am. Yeah, true. Yep, yep. So that was a good time. Went and checked out his new facility. Yeah. We hadn't been there yet. Facility. Yeah, it was a good time. <gasps> then I took you out to lunch. You wanted to go to Taco John's because yeah. your favorite thing to eat there is the croutons with the cheese. Oh, yeah. I got a burrito for like the first time there. It was like, all right, I probably want to get it again. My heart, though, because on when we left there, you're like, Mom, your tacos are way better than there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thanks. You're welcome. You know, they're made with love. That's why. I don't think my tacos are that good because when you make your own food, I don't feel like it ever tastes better. Like if you made tacos or Justin made me tacos, they'd probably be the best tacos, but no one makes tacos but me. True. And so like when you're doing all the work, I feel like it's not as tasty. Oh, Violet. All right. Next appointment. Oh, then there was a Dollar Tree right next door and that's my new obsession. So I've been posting all my Dollar Tree finds on TikTok, so make sure you follow on our best behavior so you can see all those fun videos. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at me like not fun. No. You, you I, had at the Dollar Tree uh, today, you said like you you got some stuff and yeah, you were surprised I that you get, found like, some stuff. The stuff I was getting that I got I didn't expect to get. Yeah. It was mainly food. Yeah. What was your favorite find? Mm, probably that weird apple juice. Oh yeah. The fancy apple juice. I don't know what it's called. It has a fancy name. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was like pure, actual, like squeezed apple. The real deal. Violet, are you being podcast puppy? You're so cute. Kisses, kisses. Mm. Oh, thank you. Uh, And then after that, we went to the orthodontist because the braces will be coming on real soon. March, right? March 7th. Oh, shit. Is that next? Wait. Next month. Yeah. It's like a month from now. Yeah. And I'm really excited because they said you can just drive up, drive up there, ride your bike up there, and I don't have to bring you every day. Not every day, but every time, because you'll be there a lot. And I don't want to take off any more work. We'd be going to, we'd be, I can't talk today. (laughs) 
Uh, next week at this time, we will be in the Sunshine State, which mm-mm, is mm-mm. Florida. Florida. We'll be nice and warm. And you'll be probably not that cold because Minnesota's not that cold right now. Yeah, it isn't really that cold. It's like spring weather, weather almost. It's still but. sweater weather. Well, it's just yeah. not, you don't even need a jacket right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, yeah, I, didn't, I haven't even put a jacket on once. Yeah, you have. Oh, yeah, once, but like. A couple times I've seen you wear your jacket. Yeah, when I was like kind of only I only brought remember, to my dad's though. Remember that day when I was airing up my own tires and you didn't help me because it was too cold outside? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's when it was jacked. That was when it was like actually cold though for like a little bit. It was cold for, it was like really, it was like the coldest for like one week. Yeah. A couple, like two. Yeah, two weeks, really? Yeah, I mean. But there was like total. no snow on the ground when it was cold too. There was only snow in like October. Yeah, I know. Tyson, stop eating bunny poop. God, he likes it. He thinks that's cocoa puffs. You like your cocoa puffs, Tyson? You like cocoa puffs? No, no cocoa. It's say say it's just hay. It's okay. Bunnies have like a super healthy diet. They don't eat junk. Yeah. They eat hay, fruit, vegetables, and some pellets and water. They have a pretty bland, healthy diet. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for your driver's ed question? No, I'm scared. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. You've been driving more. Yeah, you've been getting really the feel good. of driving. Do you like it? Yeah, yeah. Are you surprised that I haven't freaked out on you yet? No. Okay. All right, here good comes. Bullies. I need you to focus on here, Mister. Right. I didn't take my meds today. I'm ready. A center lane between opposing lanes of traffic may be designated for left turns wait, only. Wait, 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 wait. What? So it looks like this: Ooh. a center lane between opposing lanes, which opposing means different. Okay. Opposite. Is that like a thing that we see all the time, or is it like a turning? It lane? happens. This is this is this is a situ- a road situation. Okay. A center lane between opposing lanes of traffic may de- may be designated for left turns only, right turns only, passing, or all of the above. What is passing like? Going like like you can go like yeah, passing. Womp womp. Okay, then it's all. Oh wait, it's all of the above. It's all of the above. Yeah. Do you want to know a good way to, to know that it's all of the above? Because there's an there's a th- arrow going left and an arrow going right. Yes. And passing means the same thing. It's just both of them combined. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, it's all of the above. Okay. Okay. Good job. I'm so good. You're getting there. I mean, you would have got that one wrong. Just saying. So, there's that. Today, we have a really great interview. Yep. This one was so exciting for me. Really? So if you have watched Love on the Spectrum <laughs> season two, you're amazing. Today we have Connor's mom, Lise, and we just kind of talk about autism. And we just were talking about this last week. So this timing is impeccable. So Love on the Spectrum follows people on the autism spectrum as they navigate the world of dating and relationships. So we're going to kind of talk about not kind of. We're going to talk all about Connor and his autism journey with and their family and uh, just kind of how it went on the show and how that worked. Uh, there is a lot of spoilers in this interview. So if yeah. you haven't watched it, uh, it's definitely going to make you feel intrigued oh, to watch it. And if you have watched it, you're going to get a lot of inside scoop. So stay tuned. Here's Lise from Love on the Spectrum, Connor's mom. We'll see you after the show.
You're listening to another episode of On Our Best Behavior, and today I have a very special guest. I'm so excited to introduce her. Uh, Maybe you have heard me talking about or have watched yourself Love on the Spectrum Season 2. Connor is easily my favorite story, and today I have Connor's mom, Lise, and uh, she is going to talk to us about uh, just kind of their autism journey, their journey with the show, and I have a lot of questions about autism and I want to be more informed about it. And I think you're going to be a great resource, Lise. So I'm going to let you take it from here. Tell me what I missed. Um, I'm sorry. We had a little blip there in the, um, in the connection. So, um, hi everybody. I'm Lise. And, um, so tell me specifically what I, if I missed the question, I apologize. What, what, what did you want to get filled in on right off the bat? (laughs) Yeah. So I just wanted to start out by saying, you know, I love the show Love on the Spectrum. I found it on when it was season one and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, I hope they do a season two. And they did. And Connor is a new cast member, a new story on the on the show. And I instantly fell in love with your family and your story, your parenting style. Uh, I do this podcast with my son. So we, you know, I... I just felt a strong connection to you because I love the way that you talk to your kids and your family and how you run your family and and just how you are a mom, but also very like involved in their life and their and their love and just everything that's going on. And they have so much trust in you and they rely on you and they communicate with you and they ask you. And I just love that. And with Connor's differences it's really fun to see how you manage that because I think you do such a good job. So you're encouraging to him. You are excited for him. You show nothing but love and support for your entire family. And I think it's fun to see like Connor, his feelings in the show. And if you haven't watched it, you better are so relatable because I feel like he says out loud what we're all yes, thinking in our does. heads. And whether it's welcomed or not sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's a funny story with that. Just, just out of, he, and he's, that he's always been like that. So what you see on the show with all of us is truly what you get. Um, Connor is no exception, obviously. And he is the main cast member. We are just there supporting him. And um, I was actually surprised to see how much of the family key and the director actually did include. Um, I've watched the show since the Australian um, seasons. Um, I've said in a previous interview, I don't know if it's the algorithms on my Netflix for what I like to watch, but I found out about the show in 2019. So to be on it is just, I'm pinching myself, Connor, all of us, but to make a long story short, like Connor is just truth serum. He is that, that he is what you see is what you get. I mean, it's real on the show. His, his expressions, his telling you the way it is. Um, The one good thing about Connor and it is nice. If I always joke, if I put on an outfit and I'm not sure if it's the most flattering and I'll ask my husband and he's like, you look great. You look great. I'm like, Connor, come here. And he'll be like, no, (laughs) or yes. (laughs) And another thing I love about him is, you know, 
there, there was an there was an episode on the show when in one of his dates was like, "You look handsome." Like that's one of the things I liked about today is how handsome you are. And he's like, "You know, I fancy myself." And I'm like, "You go, Connor." Like we all need a little more confidence like that because he is well, handsome. Funny because somebody um, asked me recently about his self esteem, and I was like, "Did did you see the show?" Because he thinks a lot of himself. <laughs> I think he does have some confidence and anxiety issues, but self-esteem is well intact with him. He, and and I, and that is a gift. I think part of our family. And I think some of what a lot of people don't know about us as a family is our journey is um, I was married to Connor's dad and I had three other children. I had four children in my first marriage with Connor. That, that's the only children I have had. Um, I have two stepchildren now in my second marriage, which is a wonderful blended family. We nickname ourselves Smoothie because we're all blended. Um, <laughs> but um, Connor's dad, I mean, left when in 2007, when Connor was, you know, five, six, I'm getting my math wrong. The twin, no, Connor was closer, seven, eight. The twins were five. And then my youngest was even two years old. So the toughness, the tightness that you see and feel with the my the core of us, the five of us before my new husband and my new stepchildren joined the group, um, that was forged in a very real, very painful way and part of our our journey, and um, and it was painful and it was dark and it was hard, and um, not only just emotionally. Going through a divorce period is just hard on everybody. The children are always collateral damage. But then you step it up a notch with a child who has a, a neuro diagnosis and he's not, uh, you know, he has these other ways of processing things and feels things and, and intakes things in a very different way than even his siblings. It just, it magnified the situation and it made it harder. And it wasn't easy it wasn't even easy for his dad. I'm not saying it was just a really hard, dark time. So like I said, that was forged in some pretty serious fire, but we are fierce with each other. We love each other. We trust each other because we circled our wagons pretty, pretty early on in me being a mom with them. Yeah. I think that I'm also divorced, so I, I can feel your, I feel your experience there. Um, but I think that the kids take divorce in such a hard way, because even though it's not about them, they feel like it is so much about them and they internalize that a lot. And so I'm sure it was hard on all of your children, but Connor, I'm sure, you know, like you said, deals with things in a different way. And I think that it is always scary to, when you find, like you found a new husband and he is amazing and he's not new. You yeah, guys have been together for a now. long wow. time. Well, together. <laughs> Oh man. But then finding someone that you can trust with Connor, you know, and, and his challenges that he faces. I mean, that's, that's a whole nother oh, right level. And you know, as a single mom, you know, I was a single mom with them for five years and dating Hey, with that many kids, nobody wants to be in that circus tent. <laughs> like, whoa, what's going on? She has what, how many of those kids? So there's that. And it was always, you know, I was always very upfront with whoever I might've Dated or been interested in, but also then to 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 have somebody if they have their children or we're trying to blend, and then you do have somebody who's neurodiverse in the mix, and somebody who may not be familiar with it to, to come in to accept it. It that that was a challenge. Um, 
Tony was very different in that way. He just ran right towards us, him. He accepted him. It sounds like, you know, it just, he was, it was a non-issue. It was a non-issue. That's what I should say. He was just so cool. That's great. And, um, and I do think cause Tony had a friend who married a woman, a single mom with a, a special needs child. I think he did. They told me as we were dating, like he went to him and said, Hey, any tips or pointers? What should I? And I really touched my heart that here we are just dating. And he's so wanting to get it right that he was asking for resources. I, you know, so a lot of kudos to him for that. Just. Yeah. That shows that he cared a lot. And he is, and he's, and he's great with them sometimes better than me, you know, <laughs> which is good because, you know, when, when we're boy moms, we, have a, a girl's yes. perspective and sometimes they need a guy's totally. perspective. So. Totally. So that was always, um, that was cool. So when did you first become aware that Connor might be autistic and what steps did you sure. take next so, after that? Um, something about me when I graduated from college, I graduated with a psych degree and I ended up working at a school with autistic children and the outskirts of Boston, which is where I'm originally from. You haven't just slayed stone no, my whole life. No, I haven't slinging stone my whole life. That was <laughs> <laughs> sales came when Mama needed to make some money because she was a broke single mom. Um, so everyone's like, "You need to get into sales. You're missing the boat. You got to go sell something." And I just found this to sell. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, sidebar, sidebar there. Connor no, always says, "My mom, my mom sells the yeah. granite." So, so I my think previous that's so life, I came out of college and I was I, I got this job. And I was working in the intensive preschool with the children who were newly diagnosed, families that were just kind of reeling and starting to try to accept the diagnosis of their children. And I was this know-it-all, 20-something, no kids, not married. You know, I probably if I knew me now back then and my situation, I'd probably want to punch me right in the face. But anyway, um, yeah, that was my life. And then we moved. Um, I met my husband. We got married, went to Miami, and I did some home-based therapy with some autistic children and families, and I loved it. Didn't have kids yet. And then along comes Connor. So the reason why that's important is um, by Connor's 18 months to two years, things weren't looking right to me based on my experience of that population and teaching and being close to the families I mean, I was respite care for some families on the weekends. I mean, I didn't have kids. So seeing some of the behaviors, I was like, okay, a little pit in my stomach, but I'm not going to freak out. And it was his second birthday. And um, we had family in from out of town. My ex-husband is British. That's where Connor gets his British accent a lot. And the British grandparents were there. And we all came into his room excited. He was my first son. So excited. Going to sing him happy birthday. And the child just fell to pieces, blocked his ears, lost his mind. And that coupled with the other things I was seeing, he was walking on his tippy toes. He was scripting shows long after the show had ended. And we were in a completely different um, activity that had nothing to do with TV. And he was running the TV show with perfect script and, and there was no context for it. Um, I was trying to get him involved in play groups and, he was, all the kids would be playing and interacting and Connor was always just off on the side playing on his own. He didn't need anyone to experience share. So my experience with what I dealt with in that population and what I was seeing with him was just not sitting right with me. 
So um, I then went on a quest to get him diagnosed. It started to cause some tension between me and my husband, my first husband. He was convinced that the child was brilliant and that I was wanting him to be autistic because that's all I knew to work with kids. So oh, okay. like the fissures and the cracks in that marriage started then. And then uh, went to several doctors from his second birthday um, around the Boston area and could not get a diagnosis because he was talking and he was looking at me. But he was, I'm like, he's walking on his tippy toes and he's talking about Bob the Builder and he doesn't care if I'm listening. Well, he's talking and he's looking at you. He's not autistic. Okay. We moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and I happened to be at the doctor's office, the pediatricians with my twins, they had ear infections and we weren't even there to talk about Connor, but sure enough, Connor being true to form was walking on his tippy toes and reciting his most favorite TV show. And I nudged the pediatrician and I'm like, do you see that? And she's like, yeah, I go, do you think that's okay? And she's like, no, I don't. And at first time I felt hurt, he was, then we went on the quest and I had two different doctors separately working with assessments and we got diagnosed on the same day from both of them that he was autistic and he was five and sad, grieving, in shock, just hearing what I knew, but to hear it was a different level. And then also so angry and mad at my husband, the medical professionals, and even myself to some extent that three years had burned past with no intervention when I knew it. And I kept taking no for an answer. Like, I can't tell you how, what a bad point of my life that that was. Like I'd let him down. I should know better. And then just a lot of anger toward my husband of just, why didn't you believe me? Why didn't you support me? Why didn't we go for this harder? You know? So that was the diagnosis process. Um, you know, you then you pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you go th- Find whatever help you can do. Um, you know, when I was in the Atlanta area at that point, got connected with a lot of great support. Um, we did uh, like sensory stuff, PT, OT, in terms of interventions. We did relationship development intervention. We did some social thinking. I put him in sensory camps like rock climbing, um, just anything I could find. I like went over the top. I'm like, I have three years to make up for. So then I almost like overscheduled this poor little five-year-old because I was just like, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to make up for lost time. But did he have a lot of resistance to that? Like, did he like to be at home or, and and when he had to go try new things, like uh, nobody likes to do new things, I don't think, especially if you're like not volunteering for it. And so then like you're, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but then like you're putting him in all, all this stuff and he's probably like, oh, no, and, 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 he's, and he's, he's autistic and he definitely had his comfort zone and routine of what he was doing. And when he was younger, it was I mean, the man you see today is a lot of years of work from all of us. Um, could not get a haircut. I could not take him to get a haircut. The buzzers. We fought, I mean, I would, I would get sick to my stomach when it was haircut time. And I like a clean cut boy. I like a clean cut man boy. I was like, when I had little boys, I wanted them to have their little tight haircuts. Um, so the buzzers, I had more, I went to every kind of barber, the children, you know, put them, let's put them in this little airplane thing and get his haircut or whatever. Um, barbers were getting cut. 
because he was, he would fight and scream. And, and so you're in that situation. I'm trying to hold him. They're trying to cut his hair. He's fighting, he's kicking, he's screaming. It's all so overwhelmingly. And we're in a public barbershop and other moms and kids are looking at us like, I mean, I'm crying. I'm like, why, why, why is this happening? You know, it's embarrassing. I felt embarrassed. My kid was a train wreck and I felt sad for him. The barber's bleeding. I mean, so. And then you feel like you're being judged by everybody because they don't don't. know what's going on. You know, so there was a lot of that. And then there was just, yeah, just transitions in schools, um, you know, going from a preferred class to a not preferred class. There was phone calls and yeah, there was a lot of just having to accommodate, scaffold, slow down, which I'm a very fast paced person. I talk fast. I move fast. Um, the gift of Connor and uh, in my life has been to learn to slow down, meet him where he's at. Don't put him on my timeline or what I think he needs to be doing. Let's, and I, I think you do see some of that in the show. And I think that just comes from years of having to watch him seriously melt down and, and not wanting him in that state of mind and, and physical being, you know? So did you find any techniques that like worked? Like wh- what got him a successful haircut or things that were a struggle? Did not, you? Not, not avoiding it. Um, I mean, just, you know, to obviously having to get him there with successive approximations to like where we wanted to go. And, you know, um, we would, I think the way a lot of things that helped when there was tough situations for him or when he made bad choices was I was able to draw little comic strips. I'm not a huge artist, but I would draw like, okay. And then I would prepare him like, okay, we are going to go to the barber shop. This is what we have to do. But after, you know, if we can get through it and I would try to do like lollipop or we can go to McDonald's. And I mean, I know that sounds, but but we would do a reward system. And I mean, I, I did stuff with my other kids. We'd have like, you get five tokens, potty training, you can have this or whatever. Um, but those were things I would do. Um, the relationship development stuff, when I worked here in Atlanta with this uh, therapist called Janice Geist, she was wonderful. Her essentials communications. Um, she is retired now, but she taught a lot of that slowing down. Like, you know, thoughtful pauses so that he tries to engage and things like that. But also she helped me with the comic strips and drawing out things. And the comic strips were super helpful when he made a bad choice and I was trying to teach him. So I would say, okay, you did the, here was the situation you were at school and -and so-and-so had this toy. You took the toy and then the other kid did this to you. And then you both got in trouble. That's what happened. Okay. Let's draw back. I drew the first two squares. What would happen if we make a different decision and we share the toy and we would draw and then we drew a different outcome. And I literally would physically draw things out for him and it would start to cement for him. So he did better with that yes, like visual. For him, it did help to, we would draw the situation, we would draw options and then we would draw alternative outcomes and hopefully choose better in that. the future. Because it could make him like see what right. it was going to look like, like versus imagine exactly. what it would like be you like. You still be playing with your technology right now if you had done this, but now we're here and we would do little things like that. I'm not any 
way, shape or form a therapist anymore. And it's been years since we've done anything formal. So a lot of people, I feel so much pressure um, and I don't want to let anybody down about what we did, but I just, I really trusted, I found professionals that were like-minded to what I felt were accepting of Connor. And, and also I liked the, the intervention, the way it worked. And I, I just found people I trusted and I, and I let them guide me. I didn't let my ego get in the way. I didn't act like, well, I used to work with autistic kids. So here's what I know. No, I was like, I'm a mom. I'm coming to you as a mom who needs help because I'm way too close to this kid. I love him too much. I can't see the forest through the trees right now. Guide me. So I just would say, you know, do your research, find out what works for your kid and then find someone you trust. How do you strike a balance between addressing Connor's unique needs, but then also like now, like with the show on Love on the Spectrum, like you're also trying to help him foster his independence? Yeah, that's great. What I would, what the show has done for me and has been amazing so that I can help him is I have been so focused. He's 24. He'll be 25 on St. Patrick's Day. I love his birthday. It's the coolest birthday. Um, it's so cool. Um, so one of the things is the show brought to my attention and watching it with him and then being on it, I have been so focused on, okay, we got to get him a high school diploma. We got to get him a real high school diploma. We're not going to take any shortcuts and took him an extra year to graduate, but he got it. Okay. Now we got to get in the workplace. Now we got to, I had all these milestones. I never thought, considered or pondered. And I did think of social groups for friends ever a romantic life for him. And then when it hit me in the face, I was like, where have you been? Like, why haven't you thought about even the opportunity that he would want love, need love from someone outside the family? And why haven't I had that conversation with him? So the show helped me do that. And then I don't know if I'm answering your question, but, um, that was one of the big things for me with this show is to learning that he had this need and now trying to help him get there. And that's, I get a little criticism from some of the scenes in the show where he's looking like he wants to back out of the date, but I'm like, go back, go back, son. You got this because Connor would run for the Hills if I let him. And I kind of feel like unless we are in sheer panic, which is not healthy or functional, there is a place in the grid of stress of anxiety called optimal anxiety. And you got to feel some of that to grow and get to the next level. We all do. You do. I do. Your son does. And with Connor, when he gets to that feeling, he wants to retreat. And I'm just got to be there. And I'm not going to let him fall off a cliff. Nobody, nobody. I'm not. But. I'm going to dangle his feet so he knows like there's, there's some other stuff out there, you know, let's go. That's, I know that's one of the things I admire about your family so much is, you know, he'll, in the show, you'll see him like starting to verbalize his anxiety about maybe I just don't want to do this. It doesn't feel like a safe space for me because it's out of my norm and it's not comfortable. And, and then you're like, okay, okay, let's slow down. You don't need to feel any pressure. No one's making you feel pressure. And, you know, you have such a great insight of like, it's okay. Like, 
you go on this date, you meet this person, there's no pressure. And if there's not any fireworks, that's okay. You met someone new, you got out of the house, you had an experience, the person was nice, maybe you made a friend. Great, that's fine. And then you kind of see him like think about that and be like, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then like his brother too, will say the same thing. Like, it's okay. It's good. If you meet a friend, exactly. we friends. And I mean, I don't, and again, it's the rigidity of thought sometimes that, you know, sometimes I feel like there's days where I'm like, oh my gosh, look at where he's come from. And then, you know, look at where he's getting to. And then, you know, he, he does still have this diagnosis and his brain does still work in different ways than ours. And he does still have some rigidity of thought at times. So I I don't know if he thought, and I think he had, this why he had the panic attack. And it's a hard scene for me to watch that, that whole scene. I've never seen him do that before is I think he thought he had to go marry somebody. Like, I think he thought I was like hitching his wagon and like sending it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And when I realized he had all this pressure, like I was trying to, you know, wife him up. Um, I was like, we're not doing that, buddy. We're just, we're just making friends. Maybe, maybe hold hands. I don't know. Maybe get a little smoochy face. I don't know. But if you feel it and only if you feel it, you know? And- yes. And you told him that. <laughs> and I love that you can talk to him, you know, to any of your kids like that. And again, you know? I do think it does go back to, I think he was like, I have to meet this. Whoever I choose from the speed dating, like I have to marry them. And you're like, whoa, like, no, no one. You're my boy. No, okay. No, I want that for him if he wants that. But it's just, it was funny. It was, it was, it was, it was raising awareness to me of just how like, okay, we really need to sit down and kind of talk these things through and make sure he understands the ins and outs. That's why also when I watch the speed dating scene, which has gotten so much attention on TikTok, and they even made a, a GIF or GIF. I don't know how to say those things. A GIF. <laughs> it's a GIF, GIF, not the okay, peanut they butter. They made a GIF them doing the pen click. <laughs> Why wasn't he instructed to not mark no or yes in front of these lovely ladies? I, you know, I honestly just love the one. One of the things I love, like when I watch him on love on the spectrum. Like I'm just smiling the whole time because he's just, he's not rude and he's not mean. He's just so genuine. And I love that about him. And I think it's so cute when the producer, whoever the, the director's like, Hey, are you marking no in front of them? And he's like, yeah, like I can't do, I can't do that. Well, no. And then he's horrified. He's like, Oh my gosh, wait, I did it wrong. Buddy. Because he's a great human and he has a conscience and he doesn't want to no. hurt people. So he then he feels bad that they might have saw that and he hurt them and he doesn't no, want that. Genuinely so the nicest guy. Everyone, there's like a running joke in my family. Like, you know, I we have I have four, my husband has two, there's six together. And, you know, my youngest son who's in the show, you see him. Um, he's in my phone. I, I still call him the baby. He's six two, nineteen. I don't care. He's my baby. And my, my other kids are like, well, we were your babies, but he's the baby. And I even have him in my phone as the baby. And everyone laughs and they're like, he's your favorite. He's your favorite. I'm like, no, Connor is my favorite. <laughs> Get it straight. <laughs> Nobody's my favorite. If my kids hear this, I love you all the same. We joke. Oh, I love <laughs> it. I love it. Um. So this is one of the things that I was curious about is 
you know, watching Love on the Spectrum is eye-opening because this, you know, they call it the spectrum, right? Because it is so wide and it is so differing from person to person. And so what misconceptions about autism do you often encounter and how do you handle that? How do you educate people or make them understand? Yeah. Well, one of the things is um, I've always felt like sometimes when you were dating or meeting new people and they would find out that Connor had a diagnosis of autism sometimes people, they, they just, they want to connect. And I do think it comes from a genuine good place, but sometimes I think that, you know, I would see them speak to my other three and then talk to Connor, like, and so I just see a little bit of a different treatment. And I think what people like and what they see on the show. And I hope with me is like, I treat Connor, like I treat all my other kids. I treat Connor and I'm almost of the mindset of like, I treat him and I've tried to raise him in the way I think the world is going to receive him. And I'm not mean to him and I'm not cruel, but I'm also don't let him get off the hook because he has a diagnosis. Um, and even one time Connor said to me, once he got his diet, once we told him about his diagnosis, um, about a couple months later, he's so smart, something at school happened or, and he couldn't, he didn't want to wasn't doing an assignment. I don't know what it was. And he looked at me, he goes, well, I'm autistic. I can't do that. And I looked right at him and I'm like, we're going to fight the power, dude. We're going to do it. Like, so, you know, um, I, I've kind of always, and, and, and that's not everybody's flavor. And I do get a little bit of criticism online for it. Um, I'm just a straight shooter. And, but I mean, I don't regret one way, the way I've raised him or treated him where we go about things because I am just so proud of who he is right now and today and who he's turning into. So, um, but I would say the thing to know is there is a wide spectrum for people who aren't familiar. My husband didn't know anybody with autism when he met us. And a lot of my friends have autistic kids because I think when we're wearing the t-shirt together, we flock together. And I have some friends who have nonverbal autistic children that are more affected. And when we get together at parties, I will literally treat him like I'm treating any other kid. I will talk to him like I'm treat, talking to any other kid. And I just show them decent human respect. And um, even if he's not always giving it back to me, that's fine. I'm, he's very aware. Um, so I, there is a, a spectrum and just be, just try to meet them where they're at. And I just would say, treat them like you would treat anybody else because it does they are humans and have feelings like us and they're just like us and they just, their brain works different. That's all. And they can, I hate to say, I know I, they, that's, like, I'm like hearing together, myself. But... I'm like, Oh, I'm cringing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't like, okay. we're just talking. Try not yeah. to be ignorant. Right. But like Connor, for example, he can tell if you're talking to him, like he's a not human or he's Absolutely. less than, or he, you know, is on the spectrum. So, if you want to embarrass yourself, right. that's all you're doing. Is and I think there's a lot of autistic people that <laughs> do get offended saying like, you know, oh, stop, stop saying we're cute. Stop saying we're this. Like we have real feelings. We, And I also think on the show, I mean, and, and she's just a 28-year-old woman. Danny has a lot of feelings on the show. And I know this is a family show, so I'll just say she has a lot of adult feelings on the show and she's very verbal about them. And I know she's catching a lot of heck online for it, but she's a 28 year old single woman. And, you know, she's having 
you know, normal 28 year old woman feelings. And I just feel like just because she has an autistic diagnosis doesn't mean, you know, she should be getting any kind of criticism for that. I don't know. I just, so it's, that's my biggest thing is you're right. And it is so interesting just to even see amongst the different cast members from season to season, the different levels of um, where they fall and their, what, what, what works and doesn't work for them. And what I'll say about Danny, I have a lot of respect for her because once again, like I think this kind of goes a little bit with Connor too, is she's saying what we're all thinking. You know, she's just verbalizing what she wants, what she needs. And a, a lot of people don't talk about that at all. So I applaud her for being open about that and talking about it, being curious about things and knowing that what she wants in life and trying to find it and and being honest and learning, like, how do I bring up this difficult topic? Like she wants to have sex, right? So she's trying to figure out like, how do I find somebody who wants what I want without being disrespectful and, but also not getting into a relationship where they're not on the same page. And I love that about her. And I love that. I transparency. Too. And, I, and I also think like, then you go to my son, Connor, who one thing about his participation in the show, and he was very upfront is he was like, first of all, he'd never been on a date before in his life. And he doesn't have a lot of friendships outside the family. So another big gap for me, and I amaze myself sometimes how I can just be so clueless, um, was that part of, I think, the panics and struggles we see Connor go through on the show is part and parcel because he doesn't even have friendship relationships to bounce off of and then try to go to the next level. So we basically grabbed him and threw him in the deep end of the pool of like, hey, we know you've never really had a lot of friends, but now go try to get a girlfriend. And then when I saw the panic and the agitation unfold, I was like, how did I miss that? I wasn't, you know, and so then we try to go back and support. But Connor was very vocal to Kean, the director and the producer saying, I'm not going to just kiss somebody on TV for you. Like he was like, not going to be, you know, that wasn't his comfort zone. He, he was like, that to me is private. That to me is something like, you know, I think, him even holding Emily's hand or trying to, that was amazing to me. I didn't realize he was trying to do that. And then you obviously see he's feeling so many feelings. He gets overstimulated and has to stop. And I love that he was self-aware enough to know, okay, like I gotta, I gotta come back over here for a minute. That was a lot of whatever. I loved that scene. I just thought it was so cute. Like he asked like, Hey, is it okay if maybe I hold your hand? And she was like, Okay. But then like they both were like, how do we do this? How is it going to feel right or okay or normal or comfortable? And then it kind of wasn't. And they kind of both were on the same page, I think. And they were like, okay, well, and that was fine. I tried it. Feelings, which I thought I was so proud. Yes, he was so sweet. acutely aware that that him pulling his hand back could offend her. That I was so proud of him that he was being kind of in her shoes and he was trying to explain it and you could tell she was like it's we're good no we're good stop we're good and then she pats his shoulder and I just love her for that I love her so much sorry for spoiling this for people who didn't see but anyway but no um, well you should have already watched it (laughs) so I mean there was that whole thing was just all these new feelings and emotions are are being awoken in him but the guy I see now that we've we've done the show and we filmed and and it's not pretty obvious that him and Emily are just friends that um and then they, they do they're gonna see each other again this afternoon they they get out of the house and they do things as friends 
was cute. I think her mom even. And that's great for him too, just to even be experiencing a friendship with a, a, a female versus just hanging out with the guys. You know, it's given just him reps to... for when he does really yeah. want to go to the next level. He's now getting friendship reps, and he needs those. And um, it was funny. Emily's mom was even like, "Hey, Emily." when it was right before Christmas, she said, Emily's starting to just feel like a friendship. And I'm like, that's cool. Connor is too. But I'm like, I see it as a win because they're great adults and they're good people. And she goes, but Emily has a friend that likes medieval swords and things. So like Emily was almost like trying to hook him up. So it was cute. That's awesome. And sometimes, you know, that's another good thing for Connor to understand is a lot of people meet their match, as he calls it, through other mutual relationships. So the fact that he's getting out and about and doing things, um, we had a family dinner last Saturday night and we already have a big family. So there's like that. But my daughter's boyfriend's family had come into town for his birthday. So it was a huge table of us and some new faces for Connor um, that he had never met before. Typically, when we're in an environment like that in a loud, busy restaurant on a Saturday night, all of us together, it's already too much input, too much sensory input. Nine times out of 10, you'll see Connor like this at dinner, just in his phone and down in his phone, doesn't really want to engage, just like a little bit safer to be in here. Last Saturday night, his phone stayed on the table and he engaged in her boyfriend's uh, brother and wife. I, and I, I was sitting next to him and I was just, I kept hitting my husband. I'm like, and then my daughter was one over for my husband. And I was like, we were, we were just having this whole conversation with our eyes of like, it was, ah, it was awesome. It was awesome. There's two more <laughs> things that I want to bring up about the show that I really liked. So when he was going to, tell Sasha that he just wanted to be friends and you did that like practice phone call with him my heart so the way that unfolded was very organic um I get so annoyed when I read that the show's scripted or it's fake it's not sometimes we do have to do a a retake just because like my dog walked in or something happened or I flew you know I like like said something maybe I shouldn't have or referred to something I shouldn't have um but that really happened. We were upstairs and he was nervous because we were going to film, you know, shoot him calling Sasha. And one of the producers was upstairs with us and the camera guys were downstairs. The director was downstairs in my house. And I think that's where they wanted him to make the call. So I, I he was pacing around and he looked like he was about to kind of kick off like he did at the bagel at the, the speed dating. So I was like, okay, come here. Come on. Let's get in your room. I'm like, sit down. What's wrong? Talk to me. And he's like, gosh, I don't know. And I was like, do you want to role play it with me? Like, I'll be Sasha. So let's do this together. And so he's like, yeah. So we started and the producer's like, stop, stop. What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just getting him ready because I'm scared he's going to melt down when we do this. And she's like, called the cameraman up. Like, they're going to role play this. So they made us stop. So then we, we, we genuinely role played it, but we had to stop. And, um, I, I just felt, and I, I wanted to be careful with the role play because I didn't know how Sasha was going to feel, but right. I also didn't want to make it horribly painful on him, but I also didn't want to make it easy on him. So I pretended to be like, well, wait, I'm, I wasn't expecting this. You know, I wanted him to have to. 
think about what she might say and how he's going to have right. to respond and I, to that. And I didn't want to get too emotional and break down because I didn't want him to freak out. But um, she actually handled it better than I did in the role play. For real. So I was kind of glad yeah. I gave him the business a little bit on the front end. So he was totally, I think he was like, wasn't as bad as mom did. <laughs> well, and I think too, like when you guys were role playing, you said like, Connor, thank you for telling me. You know, it means a lot to me that yeah. you told me. And then she did say that in her, in the real phone call, like, thank you for telling me. And I was like, oh, I love this because in the real world, which this is, I mean, I'm not saying this isn't the real world, but there's so much ghosting that goes on. So I thought like, this is amazing. Yes. Show people you need to communicate, even if it's hard, hard to do, or you're afraid to hurt somebody. Like we want to know versus just well, not brother knowing. is adorable. And you know, he played sports in high school and, you know, was just, you know, out there. And, um, I, I will go down swinging, trying to raise three very nice gentlemen. Um, whether I succeed all the time or not is yet to be seen or has been yet to be, some of them haven't been perfect, but, and when I joked and I looked at Jack, I'm like, you could tear a page out of his book. But for my point is I want my sons, all of them, Connor, Jack, Ben, and my stepson, Hunter, to know women are to be loved, respected. You know, Connor is the, should be the poster child for every male to look about how to ask for consent. I've always told my boys, you need to respect women and be a gentleman and don't ever assume anything um, and respect her space boundaries. But also we are not going to just walk away from somebody that you, you, you felt enough to take them out or do these things with, you owe them the dignity and respect to do it right and let them know where they stand. Cause I, I cannot stand that <laughs> as a woman myself. So on behalf of all of us women, I'm trying to raise men who at least know that they should be doing that. Right. And I even tell my son, like, this is a little, this is a few steps ahead, but I tell him like, if somebody is giving you consent and it might not be the right time mm. for you, yeah. or maybe you're at a party and there's a situation that's maybe not ideal, yeah. safe. If they really, if they really do like you, it's okay to say no. And yes, can come again another time, yeah. and that's okay. I mean, and these aren't the most comfortable conversations to have. And like, and again, I was a single mom. I don't know if you're a single mom or remarried, but especially of a boy, it's like. It, there was a few years I was wearing both hats and I'm not a guy, but I, you know, I did my best to try to, you know, wear, wear the both shirts for the mom and the dad role. And then my last thing I wanted to bring up, this is, this really hit home for me too, because I, I think about this. My son has ADHD. Um, so going through that diagnosis for me was very difficult because I didn't want the label on him and I didn't want him to have to take meds and I didn't want all these things. But once I like was more open-minded to why do I want to hold him back when maybe there's things I could do to make him more successful. Um, so that just kind of was our path. But, you know, you said in, in one of the episodes to, I think it was your son, Jack, and you said, you know, someday I'm not going to be here. Someday I'm going to die. And I don't want to have to worry about Connor or, or any of your kids. And he's like, mom, not, you know, we all love Connor. He's all our favorite person. We're never going to let that happen. But we do worry about that. And we want to make sure that our kids 
find stability and happiness. And so that we know when we're not here for them anymore, they're okay. 100%. I mean, biggest fear as a mother, period, we're going to worry about our kids. I don't care what, who they are, what they're doing, successful, not successful. It's just, it's in our DNA. I can't wait to have them more grand, you know, grandkids coming to the scene because there's more people to worry about. But anyway, then, but the bottom line is with Connor in particular, he doesn't drive. Um, we live in Metro Atlanta and I, I think this is most cities. There's a lot of distracted driving. Um, our zip code in particular is just very populated. Um, there's just a lot of, I just, I, it's not that I don't think Connor would get behind the wheel and be a complete rule follower, but I don't trust other drivers. And then I do think if there was an incident, a traffic incident of whatever kind, how would he be okay in that situation? So he doesn't drive. Thank God we have plenty of resources here that he doesn't need to, but there's that I worry about. Um, just his future in terms of revenue generating with, um, he did not want to go to college. It was his decision. He said, I'm not good at school. Loves where he is. Very, very happy. Um, doesn't want to try to go to a different department. He's in a, a local grocery store. Doesn't want to go to a different department. Just loves, he's so happy. He doesn't want to lose his job. And who can take that away from him but earning potential? So there's tons of these worries. And what made me feel so good is I've never asked my children that it would be come up to them to step in. Um, we'll make accommodations. We'll figure them out. But all three of them have separately said to me without me even asking, like, I'll take them. If, if you're never around, he can come be with me and my family. My daughter's funny. She tells her boyfriend, like, I'm a package deal with this guy. You take me, you're taking him. So I didn't ask that. My kids are saying, we've got him. And um, that that just makes my heart sing because I do feel like he'd be okay. <laughs> I think that, like I said, the reason I wanted to reach out to you and I am so happy that you said yes is I just admire your parenting style and what kind of mom you are. It just really sings to me. And I like to think that I'm the same way. Like I try to be very open and transparent and there and just whatever my kids need. Right. And I used to be like, well, you know, if my my son is, he doesn't leave the house very often. And, you know, so my husband always jokes like, you know, he's going to live in our basement for his whole life. And I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. I'll take him. But like at the end of the day, like, no, <laughs> like he, it's not good for him. Right. He needs to branch out and, and live life and get some independence and experience. But so seeing just what you're doing with your family is just so heartwarming and it's no, to I me thank you. I'm, I'm glad and I'm grateful that you reached out and I'm happy to be here and, and, and just for any of us to raise awareness. And, and it's like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Wanna, they want to be in their basement and their comfort zone, but we are social animals. I mean, I think there are studies. I don't want, I don't have any to quote, but you know, there are studies out there that show people live longer when they have social interactions. We're pack animals, you know, I mean, we need each other. And I can, I can give an example of my own life with my mother. <clears throat> uh, my stepfather passed away in, in late 2018. She lived alone and then COVID hit. And my mother also has Parkinson's and the, it was 2020 and everybody was in lockdown and we didn't, you know, we didn't know, none of us knew what was going on. And we would deliver my mom groceries and not let her open the door to us and plastic 
gloves and wiping her groceries down. And, you know, we didn't want her to get, my mother declined with her Parkinson's so much without my stepdad there, without her family's contact, because we couldn't get near her and we didn't want to compromise her any with Parkinson's. So fast forward to 2021, my sister and I got together and made a decision like, Hey, we got to put her kind of in a, a wonderful adult assist, uh, adult active adult community. Not even she's independent. She got a little upset. My mother has like almost reversed with her symptoms. She's got, we call her now. She's like, I can't talk. I'm doing this. I'm going here. We got a card game. I'm, and so that in and of itself, that's, that has nothing to do with autism. It's just about what social interaction means, even when we're scared. My mother was scared to leave her house. My mother was scared to go move in with a bunch of people she didn't know in these apartments and dining rooms. And my mother has flourished and actually reversed some of the negative um, effects she was having in lockdown with Parkinson's. Same thing applies to these children. And we're their moms. It's our job to get them out there slowly and comfortably uncomfortable. Does that make sense? But not sheer panic. I'm not talking about whipping your kid out and throwing him in him and he's in a meltdown panic and he can't function. No, there is a loving, systematic, get comfortable with being uncomfortable kind of situation to put your kid in. And I'm going to do that. And I'm seeing a man blossom in front of me and I don't regret it. Was he nervous to do the show and be on camera? He was. He was nervous. He's like, first of all, he's so cute. He's like, I've never been on a date and I'm going on a date with two cameras. And I'm like, I, I was like, I'm pretty social and confident. And the camera thing would freak me out too, dude. I know. But yeah, he was nervous. He, he, he kept saying to the director, you just made me think of this. Um, I don't want to look stupid. Don't make me look stupid. What if I say something stupid? What if I do something stupid? And the director is ace. I love him. And he is so just great with his words and, and the way he would come back. He said, Connor, the only way people, cause he was, people are going to laugh at me. People are going to laugh at me. So the only way people are going to laugh at you is if I film you slipping on a banana peel and then Connor started laughing. And it was like, that was the other thing is we trusted the director so much. I had seen the other series. I'd seen his work. I, I knew he was out to portray these people you know, this population of people with dignity and respect. This was not about being cringy or icky. It was really to raise awareness and just foster, let's get this going. It was shining yes. a positive light on it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. One more thing I really wanted to ask you. Oh, I was going to say. Sometimes it comes back to me. A lot of times it leaves and never that. comes back. <laughs> but he, I feel like since he did the Netflix show, he, like his social media, he's doing so great. He's doing great things and he wants those followers. And so that's helping him like seek that social aspect out. And that's it amazing is, and to like, see. I think what's super, you know, because Connor loves talking about what Connor loves talking about is a lot of people are responding to his sword collection and his facts. He's like, I, I love it. I was like, joke around. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I get to go to work next to Google. Cause like he tells me all these things and I'm like, my husband will drive him to work sometimes and he'll call me. And this, I always love this line. He's like, this is my favorite phone call. 
He's like, I just dropped Connor off. And I was like, okay, everything okay? And he's like, did you know that dragon eggs explode underwater? That's how they hatch. And I was like, just called me to tell me. (laughs) But I mean, yes, Connor's so excited to hear that people want to hear about his swords because we're all like, oh, I don't want to hear about your swords anymore. Okay, yeah, the scabbard, cool, you know. But he's like, this is, and people are really into it. So yeah, he's, he's getting fed. It's helping him find that community of the people who like the same things and that, that he likes. something that wasn't going on when he spent most of his free time like this at our house or watching a show or not connecting. Um, he just wasn't growing. And he seemed sad and lonely. And he's even, I would say, before this, he was starting to get a little angry, like just short-fused and and I remember saying at one point to him, like, this is not my, this is not you, Connor. This is not my son. My son is not grumpy like this. You're not irritable. What's going on? And now that we're out and about and I'm like, his mood, there's something to it. And I know we always want our kids to be comfortable and feel safe and okay. But when we get into this stage of life, we, the world isn't going to keep them wrapped in cotton wool. And if we're going to have situations, then no safer than me to be a test run because I'm going to catch them when I see it going too far. But I just, I genuinely think like it's okay to push them a little bit and, and make them uncomfortable. Your child, your children, because they, they will, they will grow. That's the only mm-hmm. way anyone does. Us, me too. I mean, like, yeah. you know, career wise, yeah. making changes and having to get out there and, talking to you, I'm like, oh gosh, do I sound like an idiot? What, am I going to hear this and regret something? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Well, Lise, thank you so much for being on the podcast and talking to me. This was an amazing experience that I was looking yes, forward to. For and I just So quick, because I did hear a few episodes. It's you and your yeah. son. So fun. Yeah. Did, how did that come about? Just really quick for me. Yeah. So really quick is, um, I always wanted to, so when I was younger, I always wanted to be a radio personality or like have my own, like, like, uh, midnight, like people call in with their like love questions and I would answer them. Or I wanted like to do, I work in women's health and OBGYN and I'm like, Oh, it'd be so awesome if we had like a reality show in OBGYN. Like that'd be awesome. But you know, Never ever happened. So then my son really wanted to do a YouTube survival channel because in COVID we watched a lot of like alone, naked, and afraid. Because he went on this kick about like wanting to survive, and he'd always be like, "Drop me off in the woods and, like and see how far I can, kind of if I can make yeah. it home, or yeah. how long I can survive." And I'm like, "I will not do that." And so then he's like, "Mom, we should do a YouTube survival channel where we sur- see how long we can survive in the woods." And I was being very optimistic and I'm like, oh, I can't take off an undetermined amount of work to go survive in the woods, even though I probably won't yeah. survive. Right? <laughs> but I wanted him to think I could survive a long time. And so I said, well, let's, how about this? I'm like, we could do a podcast and see how that goes. And then, yeah, That's so here fun. we are. I love it. How old is he? Is he? He's 15 now, just turned 15. So now we've been, yeah, I've been letting him drive the car around the block trying to get a feel for it. So I, that's been. I highly recommend driving school instructors because I, I I was just every meme you've ever seen about a mom driving with her kid. I'm it. My even now my son Jack's a wonderful driver. He's 19. 
he like wants, he wishes there was an eject button when I'm in the passenger seat. He's like, mom, I've been driving for like three years, cut it out. And I'm like, the car, watch the person. It's just bad. I know. I'm the terrible, I'm a terrible backseat driver. So I'm always like, you know, I'm like, are you ready to see me be pumping my fake brake over here? And my husband even gives me a hard time because like, if I see something happening and I'm getting nervous, like I'll grab the handle and he's like, stop it. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to feel secure. Like, We're gonna die. <laughs> anyway, this was so fun. Because uh, I used to be like, oh, 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 did you see that? And he's like, you're going to make me get in a car accident. And so now I just shut my eyes and like grab on the thing. He's like, you're fine. <laughs> Teenage boys, they're fun. But thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I always tell my guests this, like, now we're friends, so yes, I'll be seeing absolutely. you around. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be liking all of Connor's stuff that he posts on. Check out um, our YouTube channel, too. It's called Car Rides with Yeah. Oh, okay. Our YouTube channel is Car Rides with Connor. It's a really fun. Okay. I think I saw it on his Instagram. Yeah, it's like really a fun. It, it really just started because I would come to work and tell my coworkers the facts. And they're like, you got to write it down. I'm like, not going to do that. We started a channel. And it's basically everyone gets to sit in the car basically and see what I've had every morning. And I annoy the heck out of that poor kid because he is a punctual on-time guy and he has to rely on this loose cannon to get him to work. I get him to work late pretty much every day, um, which frustrates him. And I don't mean to. I don't don't go out of my way to do it. I just am a horrible manager of time. And... um, at oh, least you can I'm admit horrific. that. <laughs> I'm not your person if you need to be somewhere on time. So yeah, Car Rides with Connor, please go like and subscribe because it's just fun. If you want to jump in the car with the two of us any day of the week, it's that's that's what it's like. It's very amateur. Our first couple of episodes, the, the phone is in the cup holders because I didn't have a phone. So you're looking up our noses. So it's great. Um I do that. Yeah. I have so to me all the time. If you're into some amateur hour YouTube, sign up. <laughs> yeah. So I always end too with, I forgot this because I was yeah. just getting so excited, but uh, anything else you want to share and where can we yeah, find you, you guys? You can find me at, at smithinson8. So that's S-M-I-T-H-I-N-S-O-N-8 on Instagram. Um, I have a TikTok. It's Connor's mom, 4514. Connor is Connor, I think on TikTok, and then he's Connor Tomlinson five on Instagram. We are we're over 100k for him, so yay! And we'd love to keep going. And then our YouTube channel is Car Rides with Connor. We'd love you to hit like and subscribe. And I can't do it like he does it, but he signs off with "Stay classy, Planet Earth." <laughs> I love it. I always end this with "Thanks for stopping by" and another episode of Honor Best Behavior. We're on our best behavior. I know. And that's a really sarcastic comment because my son and I are, we're never so, on yeah, our best we behavior. Definitely so that's why be it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> my friends who do know me will know All I right. was on my best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. At least, I mean, I usually am when I have a guest, but you know, when you listen to this episode and you hear the beginning and the end, you're probably going to be like, oh God, what? Did Not I at all. I, I'd rather be with real genuine people. I do that all day long. Very good. All right. Well, Lisa, I'm going to let you go. I know you have to bring Connor somewhere and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So what you didn't get to see about that interview is I got to meet Connor. 
Really? After the interview. And it's not on camera because we were done. But uh. we were wrapping it up and kind of chatting, Lisa and I. And all of a sudden, Connor came home and she's like, hey, I think Connor's home. Do you want to meet him quick? And I was like, yeah. So it was amazing. It was so fun. I feel I was like on cloud nine. I was like calling Justin. I was calling Emmy. I'm like, guess what? It was oh, so fun. Oh, it was so fun. Nine. And he is just as cute in quote unquote real life as on the show. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> Do you have a would you rather for me today? Yes. What is it? I have to look at my phone real quick. Uh, I, I, you know, I love to make decisions. So wait. Okay. I remember it. Okay. Only be able to. Um, okay. Would you rather. Okay, would you rather only be able to go like walk on your fours? Walk on all fours? Yeah. Or only be able to walk backwards. Backwards. So if you walk on all fours, you can go in forward or backward or sideways. Yeah, anywhere. I would rather just walk backwards. I don't want to walk on my hands. I don't either. I don't know how go walk backwards. Are you walking backwards? Yeah. All right. I have a funny joke for you. <laughs> my joke is better than your would you rather this week. Come on. It's about driving. That's nasty. <laughs> what? You're nasty. Tyson, I'm going to put you in this laundry basket. Tyson. They're just trying to be part of the podcast tonight. It was so funny. Last night, I, kept, I uh, we were playing, and there was a laundry basket, and he wanted to get his toy. And I brought it. I was, like, hanging it over the, the basket. So every time we jumped for it, he would, like, he would, like push it forward. It was funny. So he couldn't get his toy. Oh, he probably thinks you're playing that same game right now. He looks sad. Like, he wants to play. Okay. All right, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Why isn't it a good idea to throw false teeth at your vehicle? I don't know. Because you'll dent your car. Oh, my God. Do you get it? I think I do. False teeth are dentures. Yeah, okay. Dent okay, your car. Yeah, okay. Dent. Denture. Yeah, 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 got okay. it? I thought, I thought that was what it was. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of no, On Our Best Behavior. Hey, don't forget to stop by and get one of our On Our Best Behavior stickers. Five dollar holla. Vanilla baby. And I've done some really great interviews this week. Uh, I interviewed June, the Midwest Medium. She also has a podcast. Check it out. And I also just did an interview with Salute THC Dispensary. They're up in Cloquet, Minnesota, and they make all their THC right there. Check it out. Those interviews coming on up. Bye. See you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of On Our Best Behavior. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to get your sticker for $5. Venmo and DM us your address to receive. Also, you can follow us on all social media platforms. You can email us with any questions or contents, or if you want to be a guest on our podcast at onourbestbehavior at yahoo.com. We are on Instagram at on our underscore best behavior. You can follow us on TikTok and Facebook at on our best behavior. I'm on Twitter at podcast Kelly. You can follow Mackie, Matt McCoy uh, on Xbox at zero blitches or he's on Snapchat at MacDog underscore O two one. Have a great day.